0: Hi, my name is Tim Toosley. I'm a sustainability consultant with Recollective Consulting.
1: Hello, my name is Chi Zhang. I work at Norman Disney Young. I'm a mechanical engineer as well as an energy modeler. Norman Disney Young designed the mechanical systems as well as provided sustainability and energy modeling services to this building.
0: Great, and we're standing here in late afternoon on the busy corner of Seymour and Helmkin. You can hear traffic going by. We are standing kitty corner to uh, the building at 1105 Seymour Street. So looking across, I see I'm seeing the building is sort of divided into two pieces, uh, and and they're architecturally distinct. We see uh, some brick uh, brick cladding and, and vertical elements for the commercial uh, portion of the building. And I say commercial, but it's actually all nonprofit space. So uh, that portion of the building is reserved for organizations like AIDS Vancouver and others who uh, are. Yeah, nonprofits and charities that serve needy populations. It is a 15-story building, so the top 10 stories are dedicated for social housing. Um, so there's a mix of social housing. Since 2017, when it opened, the building has been providing uh, 81 units of uh, supportive housing for over 100 people, um, and of course, uh, as we mentioned, uh, space for a number of charitable organizations. There's actually three different levels of social housing. There's a there's a um, shelter uh, rate housing, so people who are on income assistance, a third of those uh, units are reserved for them. Um, There's uh, low-income tenants who are not on income assistance but qualify as low income and they pay a capped rate of 30% of their gross income. Uh, And finally there's moderate income uh, households who uh, still are paying less than market rate but um, more than the other two. So it's it's really a diversity
1: of housing. So looking up the side of the building, there's a clear delineation between the office spaces and the residential. The windows on the office spaces are smaller and more functional, whereas the the windows in the residential units uh, are larger and allow more light as well as better views.
0: Um, and, and one of the things we talk often about when we're planning for energy in, in buildings is the the window to wall ratio. So we're looking at the ratio of the uh, glass, the vision glass, and, the, and the, uh, that is less insulating but obviously lets in light and air to the, the solid wall which insulates more and r- limits the heat loss. Do you know offhand what the window to wall ratio is on this building?
1: 40% of the building is visible transparent windows and the rest 60% is opaque walls.
0: And so that just means that um, 60% of the building is better at keeping in the heat and we try and limit what we want windows, windows are good but also windows lose a lot of heat and then you have to pay to reheat the building so we try and find a b- strike a balance and so she is the energy modeler helps guide us to the optimal uh, percentage along with the architect who makes decisions about light and and, and atmosphere and things like that. In this corner you'll see that the uh, there is a large expanse of glass on the corner and that is the stairwell between all of the uh, commercial uh, 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 charity sp- office spaces. So um, with all that natural light coming into that space, uh, they, you know, it, it reduces the amount of light you need during the day and really makes a nice pleasant atmosphere for the, uh, for the tenants.
1: Uh, and this encourages the office workers to use the stairs more often.
0: Ac- excellent point, yeah. And, and we want to use our buildings when possible to encourage uh, healthy behaviors, active, active living. And so uh, as, as she says, uh, a nice, airy, bright stairwell. What makes you want to hang out there and want want to take the stairs? Okay, so now we're going to just uh, walk uh, up the street towards Emory Barnes Park to look at the building from the southern aspect. So we are now standing here in Emory Barnes Park, looking north at uh, at at the building um, on this side, which is the the south face of the building that we're looking at. Um, we can see that there's. Uh, fewer windows and and the windows that are there um, a lot of them have external fixed external shading Uh, and that is there to control uh, the amount of sun coming in uh, on the south face of the building Um, and maybe Chi can talk about why that's a benefit.
1: The external shading on the south facing windows are strategically placed by the architect to keep the sun summertime from heating the space up too much
0: means that our mechanical engineer here uh, doesn't have to put cooling into those units, or, or reduces the likelihood that they're they're going to have to put in mechanical cooling, which uh, which saves energy. Okay, so now that we've looked at the building from the outside, we're going to head inside. Uh, we're going to look at the amenity space. Uh, we're going to look at a, a one of the um, one of the units inside one of the apartments. Uh, we're going to head up to the roof and have a look around and look inside the mechanical room and then we'll take a quick trip to the parkade to look at some end-of-trip bicycle facilities. Okay, and in we go. So, at this point, we're gonna jump in the elevator and we're gonna head all the way up to the 15th floor to look at the roof and the mechanical room.
1: Here
0: we are at the roof. So we're actually uh, onto the central part of the roof which is the mechanical enclosure so I'll just let Chi describe really briefly what we're looking at out here.
1: So we can see two air handling units these are basically large fans which pull air from outside and supply it into various parts of the building that need ventilation. One of these serves the residential hallways while the other one serves the office spaces. On the other side of this partition on the roof is the cooling tower. This rejects excess heat from the office spaces, uh, which typically generate a lot of heat, and there's no real way for them to cool themselves locally. So this heat must be moved up to the roof of the building and ejected into the atmosphere. So now now we're going into
0: the boiler room to have a look at some of the mechanical equipment here.
1: So within the boiler room, these gray unassuming uh, appliances are actually the boilers that supply the heating for the entire building. It's quite impressive how much power they can produce out of a, such a small appliance. The boilers for this building are condensing high-efficiency natural gas boilers. These have up to a 15 percent efficiency premium over standard boilers. One of the major energy wasters on a building is uncontrolled pumps. All the pumps in this building are controlled by a variable speed controller. What that means is these pu- the pumps in this building are controlled so that they operate only at the speed that they're required to and not any faster.
0: Now that we're in this sort of uh, open enclosure with high walls in the center of the building uh, and center of the roof with all the mechanical equipment but we're actually going to go outside this high wall which is the mechanical enclosure uh, and we're going to see the green roof. Okay so we have exited the mechanical enclosure on the roof and we are looking at uh, another third to half of the roof that's um, covered in sedum and some grasses. So this is the the green roof uh, installation. Actually, I haven't been up here for a couple years, but it's, for the most part, uh, grown in quite nicely with uh, quite a variety of plants and and grasses. The grasses actually have been added probably by bird droppings over time. There were no grasses when we started. You also see predominantly uh, red and green uh, sedums, which are water efficient plants that can grow in in a small amount of soil. in the summertime, they go dormant uh, and and they they look dead. They're not dead, uh, and and once the rains return in the fall, they uh, they turn these great shades of red and green, and they provide habitat for uh, birds and a certain amount for insects as well. Uh, there are a number of local birds that actually eat sedums, so there's there's habitat and food available, um, which actually is looking at what the building that was on the site previously. There's actually more green space on this site now than. Uh, and the building that was uh, here previously. Can we get down there? So there's a there's a maintenance strip um, of gravel around the edge of the green roof, and that's required uh, for maintenance. As I dig down uh, below that, you can see there's a protective layer of uh, like a landscaping cloth, and under that um, you'll see uh, how much. There uh...
1: should be about six inches of rigid insulation underneath, and this provides um, insulation for the upper levels of the residential um, building, Um, and this insulation, this amount of insulation really helps cut down the amount of heat loss through the roofs and the ceilings of those spaces. There you go.
0: an additional benefit that people don't often talk about on the green roofs is, Uh, If you have a normal roof, which would be um, sort of a built-up membrane of of asphalt layered on, um, one of the major causes of failure of these roofs is the heating and cooling from the sun. They get really hot, they get really cold, and and there's a little bit of movement that happens many, many times over years, and they start to crack. Um, When you lay a green roof layer over top of that, the vegetation actually soaks up all the sun and and reduces the amount of uh, heat change in in that roof, and you actually get a longer lasting roof out of it so it's kind of a bonus the reason that's good is you're creating less garbage and waste over the life of the building and that's what really what we want when we're designing these green greener buildings is we want to think about the life cycle of the building sure i've got this product that's cheap and does the job but how many times am i going to replace it uh, during the 60 year lifespan of the building if that turns out to be a lot then i'm really not i'm really not helping the environment or even the building owners who have to then spend money to replace it So we have all this rainwater falls on the site, falls on the roof, and then we have to do something with that rainwater. And so the more rainwater that falls all at once, the more you design a bigger pipe to carry it away. So uh, the green roof helps a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit to soak up and and buffer the amount of rain that that has to go uh, out to the storm drains. Okay, so now we're gonna head in down and look at one of the two bedroom units. So here we are coming into a two bedroom unit. We're on the eleventh floor uh, in the social housing uh, portion of the building. Um, we've got two large, um, large sets of uh, windows uh, with plenty of sunlight coming in. Um, it's quite a reasonably sized two-bedroom apartment, especially considering this part of town um, and how affordable they they are for the people that qualify. Um, yeah, and we have a nice view over uh, Grant over the backside of Granville Street and. Uh, as I said, the sun's, sun's streaming in the windows. It's a nice time of day to be in here. Um, we can talk about some of the features of the apartments. Um, um, we have all low low emissions um, finishes, uh, so paints, coatings, and, and flooring um, to for the health of the
1: occupants. In all the typical residential units, uh, the heating is provided by hot water baseboards. Um, and the, the position of these baseboards are strategically placed around the perimeter of the unit and typically under glazing. This is to counteract the cold draft effects. All the rooms of each unit is continuously ventilated with a heat recovery ventilator. This system recovers heat from any exhaust that is from the unit and is used to heat up the outside air. Uh, One of the benefits of this system is it reduces the heating energy consumption of the units as well as the, the ventilation outlets don't produce a noticeable cold draft upon the occupants.
0: We can see it both in the bathroom and the, and the, um, and the sink, obviously low flow fittings, which are uh, a fairly standard, but are, are effective way of reducing the amount of uh, natural gas needing to be burnt to create uh, hot water.
1: The amount of operable windows in each unit ensures that while the units are not mechanically cooled, uh, tenants do have an option of opening windows to create a cross flow ventilation that can passively cool the unit.
0: So we have some low flow fixture, okay. and three point so zero point nine three liters uh, gallons per flush. So it's a low, definitely a low flow toilet. The entire flush duration,
1: so there you go. In the low flow fixtures the, there is proper aeration, so despite the low flow, the stream is uninterrupted.
0: Yeah. Feels good on my hands. Yep. She was just mentioning the uh, uh, high performance windows, so if we just step over here by the window um, we'll note that I can stand, it's probably what eight, 10 degrees outside today. And I can stand relatively comfortably near the window and not be experiencing too much, uh, too much cold. So we can see that's, that's, if you're, if you live in a 20, 30 year old house, you can really notice the difference. Of course, also there's a heater under the window to counteract any, as, as she mentioned, counteract any draft, but, um, but yeah, there's high performance windows here and, uh, and so we can allow a reasonable, reasonably large amount of glass, uh, letting in a lot of light. We're, we're standing here in, in the bedroom with no lights, no electric lights turned on, and we're quite comfortable uh, and, and seeing tons of daylight and a great view. But We're actually uh, located directly above the seventh floor amenity space that's for, um, so this being in a very highly dense uh, urban environment, um, they did want to make some small space outdoor space for uh, residents that was not just the public park down the street. So there is a, we're looking down on the roof of the seventh floor and we can see there's a small play space and a tiny bit of gardening space for, uh, for um, residents. We're just getting off the elevator on the seventh floor to check out the amenity
1: spaces. So on the seventh floor there is the laundry room for all the residents as well as the, the amenity space. Uh, for the use and enjoyment of all the residents.
0: So we're going to just step out onto the uh, roof deck amenity space, uh, the one that we saw from uh, the window in the suite above. So key to any living space, even with uh, social housing, we want to provide sort of there's a range of private space which is in your suite and semi-private space where you can interact with people from your building, from your community, and then transitioning to the public space outside. So here we are in the semi-private space, the, the outdoor amenity deck uh, with, as you can see, a little kind of playhouse for the kids. Um, we have uh, planters in one corner and, and ringed with vegetation, a little bit of solar access. Yeah, it's a fairly pleasant little outdoor space to hang out in if you're a family. Yeah, I think we're going to head down to the parkade and just have a quick look at some of the uh, transportation-related Uh, features of the building. So we just stepped off the elevator and we're at the first parking level. Um, As we can see it's actually just bike parking on this level. There's a a lot of uh, bike parking as required by the City of Vancouver. In fact in this building way more bike parking than there is car parking. Because of the because of the proximity to uh, uh, mass transit, we've got SkyTrain, we've got buses, uh, we're right downtown. The project was able to reduce the total number of parking stalls provided to only 19 car stalls, um, it's for 81 units and four and a half floors of office, Um, 10 scooter stalls and two motorcycle stalls for that entire building. So benefits uh, for that include um, less concrete because you don't have to go down as deep in the building, Um, less costs on this important social housing uh, initiative so that cost can go into other features of the building instead of parking for cars. Um, And, of course, fewer vehicles means uh, less carbon emissions from from burning gas driving around. For the commercial spaces, for the office spaces, there's uh, separate bike parking provided as well as a a change room and shower um, as required by the city, but also, again, to encourage active transportation, which is better for people's health and and better for the
1: environment. Um, So because the lights in the parkade are designed to operate almost continuously, a big part of the energy costs uh, attributed to a building is just running the lights in the parkade where people may actually rarely are. Uh, in this building you can notice that a lot of the parkade spaces and storage rooms they are on occupancy sensors so the lights do not turn on or are on but on a dim level until people uh, are in the space and this saves a lot of energy as well as extends the life of the, the fixtures, the lamps themselves. While this building is not the flashiest building or the tallest building, uh, it serves a very important part of the community and really critical role in providing office space for nonprofits as well as housing for the people who really need it. And to that end i um, really proud that this building can be run um, efficiently, reliably, as well as at a low cost to the um, to the building operators and the people who live inside it.
0: Yeah, it's just great to be able to, you know, in our role, uh, to bring, bring a sustainability aspect to this building. But for me, the most important aspect is providing much-needed affordable housing for, uh, for the residents uh, in this area so that we avoid things like gentrification and pushing people out to the periphery. Um, the people who need to be close to the center and the core and close to the jobs and opportunity are sometimes low-income people. And so we have, uh, we have a range, and that brings uh, greater diversity to our city and makes it a fairer, more egalitarian place. Um, so that wraps up our Green Building audio tour of 1105 Seymour Street.